Welcome to Shelter Island, the podcast where we shoot the shit and compare the lives of a Brit and a Yankee. Uh, we're back. We're better than ever. And this week we are meeting someone new from the world of traveling. Uh, please welcome Mac Candy, also known as World Nomac. Uh, Mac, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm super excited to join you guys on this podcast today. Yeah, it's great to meet you. Um, Mason, how are you doing today? Haven't seen you in a little bit. Yeah, it's been a while, mate. I'm all good. I've gone back home for the weekend because I'm getting my first COVID vaccination. So that's going to be a barrel of laughs. And Mac was saying beforehand, um, is it the Moderna one knocked, knocked you for six a bit? Oh, yeah. I think the Moderna one hit me a little harder than COVID did back in December when I had it. So just a, words, a word of advice there. <laughs> you, you had COVID? Oh, geez. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, actually. But one thing I've noticed is every person experiences different symptoms because my dad and my dad's fiance both got COVID and they were in bed rest. And for me, I used that month to make a whole bunch of extra videos on TikTok and YouTube. And I was pretty much just only experiencing headaches, but I was still able to function. Well, hold on. I, I did lose my sense of taste and smell. So that was a little odd. But other than that, when I got the vaccine, I was, uh, I was laying in bed for about eight hours straight and I couldn't even sleep because I had such a bad headache. So uh, well, just be ready for it. Bless yeah, I, remember, I, I got mine and I had to call <laughs> out of work the next day. <laughs> just, literally just couldn't move, but it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. we're, we're just all growing tentacles and tails and shit, whatever. <laughs> You've seen the TikTok then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, obviously for all you listening, uh, you can hear that there's two Americans in the room today. Um, so Mac, tell us a little bit about where you're from and where you grew up. Yeah, definitely. So I was born in Chicago and I grew up in a place called Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is a 100,000 person town that sits between Milwaukee and Chicago. And I spent my first, uh, let's say, age five to age 17 before I went off to college and went to school at uh, University of Wisconsin-Madison. And then after that, I spent a little time in D.C. in the corporate world. And after about five years, I uh, left the corporate world and have been traveling around the world since. And I'm technically homeless ever since. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you technically put as your primary address? Yeah, that's that's a hard one. At this point, I've just purchased a, a P.O. box in Austin, Texas, because whenever I tell people like I don't live anywhere, they're like, no, but like, where do you go when you go home? And I'm like, well, that suitcase right there, that is my home. And they're like, no, no, but like your home home. I was like, I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> so what, where are you staying at now? So I'm actually up at, uh, we have a family farm in a place called Campbellsport, Wisconsin. It's, um, it's like central Wisconsin, probably two and a half hours or so driving distance from Chicago. And uh, yeah, hanging out here for the next six weeks before I head out back into the world. So yeah. Mac, you say you were like born and, and raised in Chicago then. We have a resident New Yorker here as well. And I've actually been lucky enough to go to both cities between you both, what's the best city? Oh, that's that's a tough one. And I would say New York has better pizza. Chicago has better summers. I was literally going to say okay. who has the better pizza. And I was going to say there's only one right answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the deep dish just fills you up too much. I'm like, you know, you walk out of that and you're like, I'm ready to go to bed. I, I'm just the kind of person where how can you have that's, pizza that's, that's a bold call, have to eat it with a fork? Like, it, like pizza's meant to be handheld. You're meant to fold it, you know? Exactly. It's, it's walking food. Yeah, no doubt. I'm glad we can agree on that because I'm not going to be one of those <laughs> people from Chicago that says deep dish is better because that's absolutely not the case. <laughs> Fair play. Because, I mean, I, I thought as a Chicago native, as you said, you'd want to be big enough and representing the, the city, but deep, just deep pan doesn't cut the mustard for you, does it? Uh, I, well, I will stick up for the summers. Our summers are better than New York summers. So our partying, rooftop pool parties, views, and everything else that comes with that. I think we beat you guys there. There, uh, I always oh, getting defensive now. I went, out, I, <laughs> I went out pretty hard this week, and like even even during a pandemic, I was able to go out this week, and I it was it was pretty lit. I don't know. <laughs> that, that sounds pretty lit, but if you go out with me and the boys, we'll show you what lit actually means. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an invite. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> I think I think I'm heading to Chicago. <laughs> Let's get after I'm it. Looking at one my flight there right now. <laughs> yeah, Mason, we'll see you there too. There's an exactly. invite for you too. I mean, I would send you some beers, but I don't know where to really send them to first and foremost. So, <laughs> yeah, good point. Send them to Peel Box then. <laughs> we'll pop down a Texas to pick up the beers, then go back up. <laughs> exactly. Do a quick world tour. You are a travel content creator. 
Um, that's literally what you do for a living. <laughs> yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about that. How did you get into it? Um, is it difficult? Like, how do you kind of work that into your day to day? And like, what does that even look like? Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I've always kind of loved making videos. When I was a kid, I made like skateboard videos. I was probably the worst skateboarder of all my friends. So I would follow them. <laughs> I would follow them around with a camera and at least get my credit back that way. Cause I couldn't get the kick flip down. But, uh, you know, then, then I kind of gave that up and, uh, you know, went to college. I did a little bit of traveling. I did a study abroad experience and I brought my like little digital Remember back in the day when they had those little, like, uh, silver, small little cameras, digital cameras you'd bring with to take pictures oh, of you yeah, and all your yeah. friends. Mine had the good old video feature. So I made a Ooh, couple. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Falling over here, Mac, aren't you? <laughs> I know, right? I know. I was, you know, living on the edge there. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a couple montages while I studied abroad. And this was in uh, 2012. I'm, I'm 28 now. So a couple of years ago. And, um, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed making videos because I feel like I could remember my trips in a much more detailed way if I had video clips, but at the time I was, uh, very early in my stages of content creation. And so fast forward another six years after that finished off college, went into the corporate world because I had a bunch of student debt I needed to pay off and save up some money to travel. And I was like, I really, really want to travel the world and I want to make content. And I was kind of uncertain if I would actually pursue it probably like three or four years ago, because I was like, Oh, it's such a saturated market. Is it really possible to still grow a following? And I think at this time it was maybe 2017. And then one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to quit my job at some point. I'm going to travel the world. And if things don't work out, I'm going to have a bunch of archived memories and I'm going to be happy with that. So yeah, fast forward up until now, I've uh, spent the last almost two years since I quit my corporate job full-time traveling the world and making content across Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. So it's I, but obviously we're, we're both jealous that you actually get to do that for life. I mean, we both have pretty cool jobs. I mean, I'm an architect and Mason works sort of in the video, like entertainment industry anyways. So like we have pretty cool jobs, but like how cool is it that you actually get to like travel and literally just make videos of your traveling just you literally make money just doing what you're doing anyways which yeah. is so fucking awesome honestly yeah yeah it's it's a pretty cool job it's uh it's quite surreal once you actually start making money because like i said there was just such a long period of time where i didn't make any money and you just put so much time and effort especially in those first probably like a hundred something youtube videos i made i put so much time and effort and like, there wasn't much of an ROI. And so now like, it's pretty much in the last like seven or eight months that I've actually built a very strong income from it. And when it, when I like take a look back at it now, it's, it's quite a surreal thing, but I will say that it's a lot more work than the Instagram photos and like, make it look like, you know, like people are like, so you just travel the world and get paid. I'm like, yeah, but when I'm back, like we're literally talking 12, 13 hour days on these computers just editing, figuring things out, planning the content, working out brand deals. There's a lot of backend things that, that's, uh, that consume, but above all else, every day I wake up and I don't feel like I'm working. I feel like I'm doing what I love. So I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely doing what I love. Even if it's 12 hours in front of the computer editing, that's, I can't complain. And I'm very grateful that I, that I push through some of the harder times. It takes a lot of courage then to to, re, to get up and go and leave an old job and then kind of pursue a, a dream or a career, especially when, you know, you had no certainty with if you're going to make money or not. What was your old job, by the way? Yeah, so I worked at a, a company called Lidl. You're probably quite familiar from them. You guys- <laughs> That's in the supermarket. Right? Yeah. That's class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So like I, I came up on a perfect timing, uh, perfect timing when I was just graduating in 2014 from Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, and I had a connection on Facebook that was like, Hey, there's this company that's hiring people to go to Europe for a period of time to train and then come back and launch the U S operations. And I was like, Oh man, I love studying abroad. This is perfect. So I called them and I was like, you know, like fresh out of college. And I was like, Hey, I'm really, really interested in this position. Can you, uh, can you pass my application on to the hiring manager? I was talking to the recruiter and they're like, yeah, yeah, sure. So they flew me down to Washington DC and I did the interview and they're like, well, you know, you're very inexperienced. So they gave me a lower role. I couldn't go to Europe, but I saw the opportunity. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Right. Uh, 
I know I was, I was super bummed, but I saw the opportunity still hopped on it. And, uh, and I had a very nice experience there. And then where, where did you say that you went abroad? When I first went abroad, where, where did I tell them I was going? No, like, like for, for school, like where, where'd you study abroad? Oh yes. For school, I went to uh, Sevilla, Spain. Ah, okay. Very yeah. nice. I, I did. Uh, so actually my program, uh, sends you twice. Um, oh, so, no way. yeah. So for all of 2019, I was away. So I was in Florence for the first half and then the second half I was in London. Oh, um, amazing. and then in between I did some traveling and stuff, obviously not as much as you, but, uh, shout out to the, uh, 2019 Haimo Euro tour. Um, <laughs> you have to sneak it in there no matter what, didn't you? Bloody hell. I, I, I'd like to think that I'm like a pseudo travel content creator. I have my own YouTube page and I made videos and stuff. They're not as good as yours, but they're, they're decent. <laughs> keep pumping them out. You'll be better than me in no time. You just gotta yeah. keep them going. <laughs> just get a job at little first and then you'll be on your way mate that's all you need yeah, to do. exactly <laughs> well I, I i can like go abroad and like just tell people i'm building houses for them and stuff and then that that'll be like my cue to go travel like oh, yeah, exactly exactly, <laughs> exactly. architecture is my building block and then i'll just go make houses everywhere oh that's perfect <laughs> you can build some uh, huts over the water bungalows maybe in bora bora or in right? bali that could be a move <laughs> Right, <laughs> but I was thinking more building Lego houses in Denmark is more your forte, mate. But <laughs> okay, okay, don't knock Lego houses in Denmark; they're fucking awesome. Yeah, I know, but they're a lot easier to make, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> Even I can make a Lego house. <laughs> so I just spent five years getting a degree for nothing. You're telling me, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I could have told you that five years ago. <laughs> As okay, we say, so shots fired. <laughs> th this is literally Mason's life, just throwing digs at me all the time. <laughs> that's, that. that's our relationship. Because <laughs> it's fun. It's yeah. fun. <laughs> so, so speaking of relationships, do you like travel with people or do you like mostly do it by yourself? Yeah, so it's it's been a mix of both. When I first started traveling, uh, I previously had a girlfriend. We we both worked at Lidl. We quit our jobs together and traveled for a period of time. But after about four months, we went in our separate directions. And after that, I do a bit of both. I'd probably say 70% of the time I'm traveling with people because honestly, it's more fun traveling with people. You're making memories. You're just doing crazy stuff and it's good content. You know, people like watching videos of people doing stuff with their friends because that's probably the way they're going to travel. Right. But sometimes, you know, sometimes it's fun to just grab the backpack head out on my own and go to a hostel, meet a bunch of people. Because in reality, you're never actually traveling solo, except when you're on the plane. As soon as you get to that hostel, you're going to meet so many people, as you guys probably know quite well. Yeah. And you're not going to be alone, especially at the pubs that night. <laughs> <laughs> Do you miss the British pubs then? Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, I've only, I've only spent, let's see, a weekend in London. But I'll tell you, I made that weekend count. And <laughs> I found go myself on. in... Spill I found the my, <laughs> Yeah, I found myself in one of your guys' warehouse parties, which was like oh, super sketchy. Yeah, like super <laughs> sketchy. But like once you like you go out to this remote area way outside of London, and then all of a sudden you're like in this warehouse, but you go inside and it's super legit. They have you know a full-on bar, like a great EDM stage up there, lights and everything. And I was like, okay, this looked way sketchier from the outside, but once you're inside there, you're like, let's go. Absolutely class. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. Even you use a proper British term there as well. Like that's absolutely class. Like I love that. Yeah, but who who says it more Americanized, me or Mac? Gone. You both try. That's fucking class. Absolutely class. Okay, okay. Well, you tried to make yourself British. Fuck you. Well, you know, keep in mind, I worked at Lidl, so like there were so many Europeans working with me that I actually, like, I probably use class more often with Irish people than I do with, with British people. But uh, that's why I have a nice little accent when I need it. You know. I, I remember I was uh, I was traveling through Spain, um, and I was on a road trip, and literally like we had no money and we lived off of Lidl. Like we would see a Lidl on the side of the road in the morning and we would go and we would go to like the pastry section where it's like, yes, I it's like li little bakery is for the like best a thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you spend like 20 P on like a biscuit 
And we stocked up on like 10 of them. And like, that was our breakfast and lunch while we were driving. And then we would like, maybe like splurge a little bit on dinner and drinks and stuff. But like, well, Matt, yeah, I, exactly. I, I want to thank you because they opened a Lidl like right down the block from my family's house. And that's literally where I've been going for the last two years. So I no want to- No way, th- so are, that's amazing. Are you on Long Island then? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Right before I left Toledo, I was actually uh, working on uh, a project in Long Island and I lived there for like eight months. No way. Where did you live? I lived in, um, what is the name? It is, uh, I was living in Beth Page, New York, or just outside of Beth Page. No fucking that way. Is? But yeah. Beth Page is like the literally like, uh, in my school district. Like I, like I went, I, I lived in Plainview, which is literally right next to Beth Page, but like the school district is like Plainview Beth Page. No like, way. Like, That's insane. Yeah. No. Small world. What a small, small world. Wow. <laughs> that's fucking that's crazy. crazy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, that's so crazy. All right. I, I, I think for any listeners out there, if you want to make new friends, even if it's on a Zoom call, talk about Lidl and it'll work. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. It's so funny you mentioned that because I actually got a message on WhatsApp from a friend that I met in Lisbon literally four hours ago. And they're like, I just read your LinkedIn post about how you left Lidl. Oh my God. I used to work at Lidl. And I was like, no way. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's so you're not, you're not wrong, Mason. Literally talk about Lidl and you'll make friends. <laughs> Wait, so, so obviously I want to go back a second. Cause then we were talking about hostels and then we got on this weird long tangent about Lidl. Um, it's not weird. It's great. It's like, a, a great tangent about Lidl that I can literally go on about all day. But <laughs> where has been your favorite architecture? Oh, that's a very good question. I would say, so I love, love, love modern architecture. So Dubai right. takes that one and runs full speed right. ahead with it. Okay. Very nice. I, I've never actually been to Dubai, but I have a lot of friends that have like shown me pictures and that they're, uh, they're constantly just making these architectural innovations that are just fucking crazy. Just so crazy. Like the, the Palm Island, they spent $12 billion to build an Island that they could see from outer space in the shape of a palm tree. Like that is, that should be a wonder of the world. It's just, it blows my mind, you know? <laughs> I mean, of course, Dubai's got, Dubai's obviously got the tallest building in the world. And I'm sure you've been to many places and seen like these, these tall buildings. What was it like when you got there for the first time and you, you actually saw the Burj Khalifa? Oh, well, let me give you a small little backstory because getting to Dubai. So like a lot of people thought like I should never go to Dubai people that were following me and and my friends that knew the story, because I tried to go to Dubai in December of last year. But if you remember earlier in the conversation, that's when I got COVID, I actually got a COVID positive result, 48, no, 24 hours before my flight. So all of a sudden my Dubai trip was canceled. Oh God. Then I tried to change it to February. I was going to go with a couple of buddies. They ended up canceling on me. So now all of a sudden it's March and end of February, early March. And finally, I am going to be heading to Dubai and I'm in Cozumel, Mexico. I was living there for the past month and I happened to have a three leg connection. I was going Cozumel to uh, Houston, Houston to Frankfurt, Germany, Frankfurt to Dubai. And so I had a two hour connection in Houston. And in those two hours, the worst snowstorm since the forties happens. And I get locked in Houston for five days at the airport. And this place turns into like, it looked like the zombie apocalypse. I went into multiple terminals every single day, trying to find any flight. And there weren't any people in there. And it was like one of the craziest experiences. Fast forward a bit, almost seven full days later, I finally get to Dubai. So let me tell you, when I saw the Burj Khalifa, I literally was like screaming, hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy. crazy. That's insane. I know. Talk about bad luck, right? Like Dubai, like did not want me to come there, but I will tell you that month that I spent in Dubai was like one of my favorite months I ever spent traveling. If I'm doing like fast paced travel, when I went to Egypt, I did like the must do's, like all the temples and the pyramids. And then I took like this overnight bus, 12 hours out to the, just outside of the Libyan border, where there's this little oasis called Siwa. And I had the most amazing experience. It's like a town of 30,000 people. The only way to get there is literally by that bus. And so not that many people have been there, but 
you have these insane experiences out there. We were like ripping at like a hundred miles an hour in the Sahara desert going over sand dunes. You didn't even know if it was a straight down drop, <laughs> almost rolling the car. And like, you, you just do all these crazy things when you're in these like lawless places and you have amazing experiences. So like my preferred way of traveling is getting off the beaten path. But since I make those types of videos that are centered towards someone that might be doing a quick trip somewhere, I try and put a couple of those tourist things in there as well. Like the standard must do's, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think it's important to get that balance really, isn't it? You know, even when you do, I think it's some of these places are a tourist like hotspot for a reason. You know, some right. pl- some places have so much history or culture about it, but at the same time, it is good to go off the beaten track and to really um, to really discover the culture properly, isn't it? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Like Dubai is literally a city that was created <laughs> in the desert specifically for tourism, so it's a bit challenging to get off the beaten path there. Mm. But I mean, hey, I wasn't bored taking a helicopter over Dubai, right? <laughs> <laughs> Going to those types of places where you feel like you're getting an authentic experience is like the next level, most important thing for me. Like Colombia gave me that when I went to some of these places in Colombia that I would say in general for Americans, there's a pretty strong stereotype because they remember how Colombia was like 20 years ago where it was like the murder capital of the world. <laughs> oh yeah. Because of like Pablo Escobar. But like, but like now it's, I mean, there's obviously still dangerous parts to Colombia, no doubt. I don't want to downplay it, but there's so many amazing things about it. And it's safer than most people perceive. And you get that authentic experience. You go into these restaurants, nobody speaks a lick of English. So you get you got to get out uh, the good old Google Translate if you don't uh, remember <laughs> Hola, como estás una cerveza, por favor. And, uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's uh it's it's a good time out there, I'll tell you that. He he knows how to order a beer in like 50 countries. That's the most important thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, speaking of um speaking of Una Trafesa por favor, I think we should crack the beers open, boys, shall we? Hell yeah. Oh, let's I'm, do that. Cheers, mate. I've I, I've been to this lake house for all of an hour and I'm surprised that I'm not drunk yet. Welcome back, everybody. It's your favorite section of the week. It's of course beer of the week. Once again, we're joined by Mac Candy, and it's definitely a lad that I'd love to have a beer with. Uh, this week, Mac, what are you drinking? Oh, cheers. I am drinking a beer that is only able to be purchased in the state of Wisconsin. Actually, in New York, people tried to import the New Glarus beer to New York and sell it, and they came down with a lawsuit on this bar that did it. And so you have to come to Wisconsin in order to try this beer. And the name of this beer is, ready, boys? Totally naked, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. What kind of beer is it? It is like, um, I would say, let's see, let's see. I don't even know what you would classify it as. I honestly want to call it its own brand just because you can only get it in Wisconsin. But I would say it's like a a gourmet lager. And probably people from Wisconsin that are listening to me are going to be like, this dude is totally wrong. But let me tell you, this is delicious. That's the most important point. (laughs) The biggest question is, have you ever had a totally naked, totally naked? Oh, that's a great question. You know, not that I can remember. And that's usually when I'd be drinking it totally naked. (laughs) So the answer is maybe, probably, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Only the people that were there that night can remember. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Uh, Hi, mate. What have you gone for this week, mate? All right. So um, in honor of uh, Mason having his first White Claw a couple weeks ago, and of course, we, we we talked about White Claw and we talked about how, for some reason in Europe, it's a lesser percentage than it is here in the US. Yeah, it's uh, an absolute scam. Really? Yeah. You can get yeah. White Claw in Europe? Only, it, ju- only just started, yeah. No. Four Locos as well now. You can get Four Locos in the UK. Oh, that's huge. That yeah. is, that is that's huge. a game changer. I did not know you can do that. What? Get Four Locos. Yeah, you can buy them off Amazon now. They're like £3.50 a can and they, they are they, down to 8%. But even okay, so, so, I think... But, <laughs> Bonus episode we're having me and Mason just talk shit and while we're sipping White Claws and uh, while we're sipping a Four loco and just see how fucked we are at the end of the episode. Oh, I that th- is the move. Yeah, that's that's a game changer. I think we can get Mac on board for that one as well. I think it'd be oh. <laughs> without a doubt, boys. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing to say, we're not getting totally naked, lads. Around exactly, exactly. That's, that's what we got Yeah, go okay. draw the line. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. anyways, um, to pay homage to that. Uh, in the U.S., White Claw actually came out with a new 
sort of brand called White Claw Surge. Ooh. And they are Fancy. taller, they're taller cans and they're 8%. Oh, geez. All right. So those those get you going then. Yeah. So they come in blood orange and cranberry. So I can taste them both for you today and tell you which ones are better. Um, Let's I've had them, so I already know which one, but we'll we'll fake it till we make it, you know? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Geez, I need to try some of those. And I am so pumped to hear that White Claw is finally leaving the borders of the U.S. Because honestly, White Claw is like my number one go-to drink, just like every American bro in this country now. And, uh, <laughs> and, and like whenever I go to Mexico, they don't have White Claw, but like they have like um, some sort of like private label version. It's just, it does, oh, yeah. it's not the same. Let's put it that way. You know, oh, yeah, everyone's yeah. trying to keep up with the seltzers, but you know, seeing that White Claw is finally jumping across borders, that's a big move. Oh, yeah. Well, Mason, what are you drinking today? Well, I've gone for probably the most left field shout I've ever gone for, right? So it's, I've gone for, it's a classic. It is like Water. a classic, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, got, I've gone for a classic, but it's a bit different. So I've gone for Guinness. Okay. Guinness, but, there we go. But I have a Guinness foreign extra stout brewed in Nigeria right here. No, oh, that way. is legendary. So I've got a Nigerian Guinness because they do actually call it sometimes in in the UK something like a nickname for Guinness is Nigerian Lager. So wow. okay. there you go. That's one of the nicknames. So I've got a proper Guinness and this one is 7.5%. Wow. <laughs> they do the damage out there then. Yeah. The, the, the Nigerians don't muck about, do they? So <laughs> exactly. uh, they know what they're doing. Yeah, I might be on the floor after this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, shall we crack these open? Absolutely, lads. Let's, let's do it. Grab this bottle boys. opener here. Cheers, boys. My favorite sound. As we always say, it's the best sound around. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. That's when you know the weekend started when you hear the. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You would think I would. Uh... I'd be 10 of them deep. I literally just somehow dumped it all over my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> You're just doing it so you have to accidentally take it top off. And all exactly. like, oh, I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally naked. naked. <laughs> yeah. They put something in the beer to make that happen. It's got to be that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's all over my pants. Oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, Mac, how do, you, how do you rate your totally naked? And I'm talking about the beer, not your body. <laughs> good question and good clarification <laughs> i would give this probably an eight all right mason what would you rate your nigerian guinness that sounds very continental doesn't it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it's good it's you can taste the strength to be honest it's, it's a lot stronger than a normal guinness and not does it much. have the same like like um buttery texture or well let me go in for another set of after that sip, he's already going to be feeling it. Mm. <laughs> um, not quite. It, it's, it's still smooth, but I'll give it like a, a seven. Okay. Yeah, it's nice. I want to see what it says on the back. Yeah, this is Guinness with adventure in its soul. <laughs> <laughs> that sums it up, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sip this and wake up in bloody Lagos, Nigeria. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're going to be like, wait, I, I thought I was on a podcast. How am I in Nigeria now? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try Hi there, what would you uh, rate your, your beer? Your, sorry, your White Claw Surge. Out I have to say that this is probably my favorite White Claw that I've had. Really? Um, that is a... Yeah, that's 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 confidence for so, you. So I, I obviously, right obviously yeah. Mason's probably only had like one flavor, but White Claw has like eight flavors. But th this one, I really like. So this one's blood orange. So it kind of, it tastes like um, if you like took water and like actually infused it with blood oranges. Oh, no way. Like it, it doesn't taste artificial. It tastes really good. Um, I, I don't know, uh, Mac, if you've had like the tangerine flavor. Yeah, tangerines. Okay, I'm I'm a big mango guy. We call them mang daddies. Let's okay. let's <laughs> a couple of mang daddy white claws. Okay, well, th this is way better than tangerine. It's like tangerine revamped. You know. Ah, okay. Well, if it's better, then I'll probably like it because tangerine, like I said, it's just you know you know like how you are about to shotgun a white claw with the boys, mm -hmm. and you go into the pack and you're like, all right, boys, which ones do we like the least? Let's shotgun them. That's tangerine yeah. for me. Okay. All right. 
See, mine would be lime. I think lime is the nastiest one. Really? Yeah. Raspberry yeah. is even lower than tangerine fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, those are the only two flavors Mason's ever had. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no way. Are you serious? Yeah. I don't have much in the UK. Well, now you know what to look forward to, Mason. You're like, wow, they get better? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> only more to come. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What percent is it though, Jaime? Eight. Eight percent. Oh, crikey. And what, what, what rating would you give it? Oh, I would probably give this a nine. Ooh. Oh, that's, that's huge. It's damn good. If you, if you mix this with like vodka with like, <laughs> like you, you mix it with vodka and then you like squeeze some like fresh blood orange juice in it, you know, and then drop oh. that in chef's kiss. You got a nice little mixed drink there. Oh, yeah. it's, it's Tom Cruise over here, buddy. I'm from cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Jeez. <laughs> That's how you have a good date, you know, show, show a couple <laughs> ladies to your uh, drink specials there. You know, they don't right. have to know it's coming from a white claw. <laughs> and Mason always makes fun of me for the crap that I drink. But see, I'm classy. <laughs> Welcome back to Shelter Island. And we're joined here by world traveler Matt Candy. And on our first episode of season two of the podcast, we got our friend Craig to do a little quick fire round. He done the Appalachian Trail and he said a couple of words about every single state on that trail. And we had a few laughs and giggles about it. So, Mac, uh, this is pretty off the cuff for you. But earlier on, you sent me a list of all the countries in the world you've been to. And <laughs> there's quite a few, I must admit. <laughs> like, I'm very <laughs> jealous reading through it. Yeah. And you've even sent me all the years you've been to them as well. So, <laughs> fair play for organization. So, we're going to go through <laughs> these countries you've been to. And as quick as a flash, I want you to say to me one or two words to summarize that place. Oh, all right. <clears throat> okay. So it's going to be very, it. very quick fire. The first couple of words or quotes or phrases that come to your head. Okay. Let's do it. Right. So I don't know if I should do it in order because I, I, I'll do it in order so I don't lose track. All right. Okay? All right. Deal, deal. <laughs> right. Here, we, here we go. Are you ready, Mac? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. The USA. Nonstop exploring. Jamaica. Being sold blunts when I was five years old by random people on the beach. <laughs> but I didn't buy them. Disclaimer. <laughs> Spain. Nonstop partying at the disco take us. UK. Going to this super tall pub at the top of a building with a bunch of random people. Island. Going to random places all around Ireland and it nonstop rains so hard that I always had to pull over. <laughs> Portugal. Crazy cliffs in Lagos, Portugal. Netherlands. Uh... Well, this one's probably X-rated. Red Light District. Didn't spend any time in there. Just walked through when I got lost trying to find my hostel. And all of a sudden, I made eye contact. And I was like, whoa, I must be in what they know as the Red Light District. Germany. Non-stop beer drinking at Oktoberfest standing on tables. Morocco. A culturally enriching experience, being up in the mountains, meeting a family and making food for them and being blown away that they knew more about U.S. politics and didn't even have Internet or electricity than I did. France. People being a little stuck up in Paris, but having delicious crepes. India. Absolutely mind-blowing adventures. The traffic was the craziest stuff I ever could imagine. Every time I would go in a car in like Bangalore or Delhi, it was almost like bumper cars. <laughs> Canada. Really clean cities. The only one I've actually been to was Toronto. And it was like New York with really high buildings, but like still very different, but like ultra, ultra clean. Canada. Uh, sorry, I said Canada. Um, Thailand. Oh, many different memories, but probably the one that sticks out the most is I was sitting on the beach in August 2000, sorry, February 2016, and it was in Tanzai Beach where I decided I'm going to travel the world full time, and that was one of the most specific moments I remember in my life. Northern Ireland. 
A lot of work at Lidl. <laughs> <laughs> Switzerland. Practicing my German speaking and the lady at the Bahn station, the train station, kept talking to me in English even after I was trying to tell her I wanted to speak in German. Brazil. Well, Brazil, some of it I can't say, but the other part, going to this place called Ilha Grande. It's this super cool island right off the coast of, oh, actually, no, even better. When I got picked up from Ilha Grande after, this bus driver picked us up and he was hammered. Like he was driving a coach bus and we're driving on the side of cliffs. You know how like South America is, they like have these roads that it's like, how did you even build this? Like how many people died building this? And like, this guy's going like 70 miles per hour, like a hundred kilometers an hour around these curves. And I'm just like in the back, like, geez, I'm going to die here. <laughs> Belgium. Those waffles were fire. St. <laughs> <laughs> Lucia. A picturesque, romantic honeymoon, even though I wasn't getting married. Dominican Republic. An all-inclusive, and I got my money's worth. Antigua. They have this super cool oil tanker that they gutted and turned into a party boat. And basically, there's like slides off it, rope swings and everything. Super cool. Japan. Dressing up in Mario Kart costumes and driving the streets in Tokyo, screaming like Americans. <laughs> <laughs> yes, those go-karts are street legal, too. <laughs> oh, Hong Kong. Going up to the top of the Ritz-Carlton and not even believing that I spent $40 on a drink to go to the highest bar in the world. And still to this day, I'm upset that I spent $40 for the drink. Right, I'm going to pause the game right there quickly. What on earth did you pay for $40? $40 was like a cocktail because it's at top of the Ritz Carlton. You're getting the views. I tried to convince myself that I was paying for the excursion and the drink was included. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you feel a bit better about yourself. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Anyways, where were we? Uh, Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Oh, Costa Rica. Yeah. So we, my dad, it was a family trip. We were going to this Airbnb and we took the GPS and they said, don't follow the GPS, but like, we forgot about that. And so we ended up going down the wrong road. And all of a sudden we're literally driving this car and you can look down one side and it's a full drop off. And then straight in front of us, we keep going. We're like, all right, well, it's gotta be up here. It's gotta be up here. And then all of a sudden there's a horse in the road and we're like, whoa, this is a bad omen. And we're like, all right, no, no, no. Like I'm the one driving. So I have like my girlfriend, my dad's fiance and my dad in the car, like three very important people to me. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm literally going to like kill them driving on this road right now. And so I'm like, all right. So like the horse has to like climb up the side of this. Cause like on one side you have a mountain with a steep incline and on the other side you have a drop off mountain. And so like this horse like climbed up while we like, uh, like very tiny bit like skedaddled next to him. I don't even know the right words. Right. And then all of a sudden there was like this rut in the road. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Then like a two foot drop. And I was like, dad, like I'm scared. Like you got to drive this over. I, I think this car is going to go off the cliff if I try and go past it. And so like, we're all like panicking because we're like, okay, this car could literally roll off the ledge or roll off the cliff if we make one wrong move. And so we couldn't get across the rut. We had to back this thing up and barely were able to turn it around. And we ended up finding our Airbnb later, but always trust the horse in the road as a bad omen. Turn that car around immediately. <laughs> the Bahamas. Paying a hundred dollars to the DJ to go on the microphone at the Atlantis resort and sing my brother. Happy birthday. <laughs> Bermuda doing cliff jumping and not being much of a cliff jumper and remembering being so scared trying to vlog jumping off the cliff and I got so scared my muscles tensed up and I just smashed against the water Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Aruba renting UTVs and ripping around the side of the island where it's almost like Arizona if Arizona was an island and you're ripping around, you're like stopping in all these different spots and swimming in a natural pool. Nicaragua. 
the first time I ever took a horse galloping and then took it swimming. <laughs> French Polynesian islands. Ooh. The most beautiful place in the world sits in a island in the French Polynesian islands called Bora Bora. The Turks and Caicos islands. Ultra white sand beaches and fun booze cruises. There's a trend here. Jeez. Because <laughs> all these are from my previous life. They're like college days. And they're also like uh, my girlfriend and I at the time when we were at Lidl, we would do these like four day weekend trips and we would just go and like party for the weekend in like the Caribbean or in Europe. Uh, Belize. This super cool island called San Pedro Island in Belize where they only have golf carts on the island and you basically drive golf carts to all the places you want to go. Iceland. Going to these waterfalls that were so massive, you would think you're on another planet. Monaco. Happened to go to Monaco on the most unique day ever when they were doing a yacht show. So you could open up a blog post and say, what are the 10 most expensive yachts in the world? And while I'm holding up the blog post, I'm like, oh, yep, that's that one. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's that one with a helicopter pad on the front and the back and it's seven levels. Craziest thing I've ever seen. It looked like a battleship of ships, except with mega rich yachts there. Insane. <laughs> Argentina. Oh, the carne asada. The best steak and Malbec wine in the world. In todo el mundo. All of the world, as they say. <laughs> Uruguay. That's the, that's the second time that someone has said steak in Argentina on this podcast. Yeah, oh, Ellie, so Ellie did, didn't she? She said the steak in Argentina was insane. Yeah, it's so known for it. Oh, it's the best of the best. How about Uruguay? Uruguay? Actually, this place called Punta del Este. I would consider it like a very very low-key version of miami but like this super cool resort town that nobody's ever heard of unless you've been to like south america mexico Whew. the memories are countless here tulum beach parties jungle parties to taking over the dj decks a couple weeks back in playa del carmen in one of the hottest clubs there it was lit <laughs> australia when I first got into hiking, I did this hike called Mount Warning. And within one minute of the hike, most of us, all right, let me put a little thing in here. Most Australians say they never run into snakes. In the one month that I was there, I ran into two of the most deadliest, uh, most venomous snakes, which equate to the most deadliest snakes in the world. And we woke up at like 3 a.m. to hike up for sunrise. And within literally like a minute, two minutes of the hike, I almost step on like a yellow belly black snake. I'm probably saying that wrong, but like one of the most dangerous ones in the world. Caught it on caught it on film though, which was good stuff. It was great for the vlog. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly died, but it made great content, so it's fine. Exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so on the flip side of Australia, New Zealand, just a place that had unbelievable landscapes. The lakes there, you wouldn't believe they were real. If you look at the photos, everyone always asks me, like, you Photoshop that? It looks like Gatorade water. No, no, that's real. <laughs> Colombia. Colombia. Well, I will tell you, I really enjoy uh, South American women. They are beautiful. And I have like two girlfriends in Colombia now. <laughs> and the, the culture there, they're, in reality, they're like the culture is so amazing. They're all so welcoming, so friendly. I love that place. Like, I want to go back and spend so much more time. Uh, the United Arab Emirates. Just going to the city of dreams. Everything's modern. Everything's epic. Like you just feel like you're in this metropolis that you see in those movies that it's like 3,400, like the year 3,400. Like when you arrive to Dubai, that's what you feel like. And finally to round this one off, Egypt. The craziest adventures I've had in the last couple of years from going inside tight little spaces to get in the pyramids to literally riding on the, on top of a van ripping through this place right outside of the Libyan border to get to these places called the salt lakes, which are my like most viral videos of all time to like just having the craziest experience of my life. There we are, Mac. That was, <laughs> that was unbelievable. Thank you. 
Yeah, yeah, no wow. problem. There's quite a few stories, and I'm like, geez, wow, I used to party quite a bit. <laughs> I like a lot of booze, a lot of DJ takeovers, <laughs> yeah. and a lot of non-stop partying. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. That used to be my middle name. Actually, it probably still is. So then, <laughs> uh, when you're traveling, what is on your packing list? So, do you just travel with one backpack, or? Do you travel with like 80 million suitcases? Like what, how do you travel? And then what is kind of like your essentials? Like if you had to pick an essential list of like, I will not leave without this. That is such a good question. And let me answer it first. Like when I first started traveling, because like you think you know what you need when you start traveling, but then when you like actually travel for a long period of time, you figure out what you need. Is I only have a carry-on bag and then like a larger size backpack that's not a full-size backpacker's backpack but it's not like a tiny university bag and that is perfect for me i wish i could honestly cut it down a little bit more but like how i got rid of stuff is i said if i don't use this item in here every other day then i'm cutting it it's so like essential items or of course all my camera gear like my drone my my main camera like putting all like vlogging equipment aside then i you know i'll bring like a bunch of long tees because they can work to go out or they can work with some beach wear. Oh, I have a portable speaker. I'll bring a portable speaker because, you, you know, you never know when you're going to be on the beaches in Tulum. Right. You need to get a little uh, shindig going. <laughs> I'm curious as to know what sort of like your future plan is. Like, where are you going next? Where do you want to go next? I know you said the Philippines, um, but like, where's like on your bucket list? Yeah, that's uh, that's a really good question. I would say, where I want to go versus like where I can go is going to be up to the pandemic and how things progress. So like right. fingers crossed that things are going to start opening up a bit quicker, but yeah, number one on the list is I want to go to Philippine, the Philippines, because that was like one of the places I was going to go right when the pandemic first started. And then obviously when the world closed, like my whole Southeast Asia trip was canceled, but like the Philippines are there's so many islands and there's so much to explore there. And they have that blue ass water, which honestly, I think that's my favorite thing about traveling is just going to like super beautiful beaches and experiencing it. I mean, it's one of the favorite things, not the only one, but so like Philippines, yeah. Number one. And then after that, I would say I want to explore more of Southeast Asia. So I would love to do like six months in Southeast Asia, but just based on what I've been reading, like a lot of those countries aren't going to like fully open up until the end of this year. And so I would probably guess that I'll probably, I would guess I'll probably do like maybe Philippines if it opens and then maybe I'll go to even Africa for maybe a couple months. If I can work that out, the trip that I was originally going to do. Hey, if you want to go to Eastern Europe, I got all the wrecks for you. Love that. <laughs> I, it's... I can be your vlogger influence. <laughs> Let's do it. We'll have to uh, shotgun a couple beers out there. Oh, hell yeah. They're, they're cheap. They're like, 50 cent in the u.s it doesn't get any better than that they're good beers out there though there are good good beers beers. out there yeah you know some of the lagers in bulgaria and yeah uh unbelievable stuff but going back to um this this year and even last year Mm -hmm. when the the pandemics affected everything and you've still been able to do these videos um that kind of boggles my mind because in the uk uh there's been a blanket ban on on traveling you can't really go anywhere Right, right. Um, of course, when I see people seeing your TikToks and seeing your Instagrams and you go into all these places, I get a bit jealous because I want to go traveling again. How did you manage to get to these places with all these restrictions going on? Yeah, good question. Let me answer this first by saying I spent about 1,500 US on COVID tests in the last year, which was bloody hell. Yeah, bloody hell. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> insane. Insane. <laughs> So like there's, there's this list that like constantly gets updated on, on Google. You just Google like places Americans can visit. And there's like been for the last probably nine months or so, like 40 countries, like plus or minus a couple here and there when they add in or drop out where you can travel to. And so all you usually need is just like a negative PCR COVID test. So I've gone to a whole bunch of places. I I went from Mexico to Colombia to, yeah, I mean, you guys know the whole list, like UAE, Egypt, all of them, because all these places you could get into. And I will say it, it was interesting because some people were like, dude, why are you traveling? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, are you going to pay my salary? And then, you know, <laughs> usually they start laughing because then they realize like, as much as people don't realize my travel, my travel is essential travel. It is. 
So I think that sums it up perfectly. Mac, thanks ever so much for coming on Shelter Island today. One last thing we always do with our guests is we put them on the spot and we ask them for our section of quote of the week. So Mac, for us, do you have any quotes or mottos you live by that you'd like to share with us today? Quotes or models that I live by? Absolutely. This one I actually just put in a blog post and it's very punny with a P because I was just in Egypt. But the pyramids were not built overnight. You see them, they're massive, they're beautiful. You can see them in an instant and you're amazed. But that took thousands of years, maybe not thousands, hundreds of years to, or however many it was to build that. And so with anything in life, when people get to where they want to be and everyone sees their success, they want to say like, how do you get there? What's the quick way to get there? But there isn't a quick way. If you're interested, you're passionate about something, you need to start building that base layer. That base layer is going to take you the longest. Imagine building a pyramid. You have to put all the blocks on this base and people are going to be watching you for years, putting that base in and it never gets taller and never gets higher, but that base is still being built a strong foundation. Then you're going to get to the next layer. Then it's going to be a little bit more visible. Let's say in Cairo, they're going to be able to see that, that uh, pyramid from a few blocks further. Then you're going to get the next layer, then the next layer. Then all of a sudden people are going to recognize it. Like, wow, how'd you build that pyramid? And all of a sudden it's going to get higher and higher and higher. And you're going to look back and you're going to say, wow, there was a lot of work to get there, but persistence was key. There's a lot of failures. There's a lot of things that could have gone better. There's a lot of things you could have done in a different way. But if you stay persistent, you keep working towards it. You will achieve your goals no matter what. You summed it up there, Mac. And uh, I definitely want to be on one of your new TED Talks sometime soon because that was really inspiring, actually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let's Mac, do it. Yeah. Mac, thanks ever so much for coming on. And I think after this, we've made a good friend from it. And hopefully we can uh, get totally naked sometime in the future and have a few beers <laughs> together and, uh, Absolutely. and do some travels. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. Cheers. Yeah, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you guys. Like, honestly, I feel like uh, we're boys already. We could chat for another like five or six hours. But uh, I bet the listeners are probably tired of hearing my voice. So, <laughs> so great to chat with you guys. I really appreciate the time. And I look forward to the next beer, which, like you said, is going to be in person and totally naked. But uh, we're going to mix up the ratio. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> nice oh, yeah. Thank and, you very much. And hi, Mo, any last words from you? Yeah, obviously, follow uh, World Nomac on um, TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. Also, thank you so much for sort of taking the time to hang out with us. I, I know you're always traveling, so it's good that we kind of caught you in a little resting period. Um, yeah. And thank you, I, as also thank you for everyone for listening. Um, obviously, we have some great stuff coming on and um, just looking forward to all of it. Nice one, lads, and uh, we'll see you in the next one.